Blog Talk Radio.
Christianity is not rooted in white men. Christianity is rooted in Judaism, and Judaism is rooted in Abraham, and Abraham was rooted in God. This is not about colors. This is not about colors. This is about covenant. It is about covenant. It is not about colors.
And now, Voices of the True Israelites, with your host, the seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Hallelujah. 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 What are you doing? What are you, what are you trying to pull out? 
or descendants? Who has gathered the wind in this city? Who has bound the water in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If you can tell us. So, um, the thing is, we at VOTTY, we use the four letters. Y-H-W-A. We say, what is his name and what is his son's name? If thou can't tell us. Well, let's first, let's find out, let's, let's do a little, um, let's do a little background check about the name. We want to pull out some, um, some very important documents. We want to put some things on the table. And let's see, um, before we go there, I'm going to go to John, St. John chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 37, and I'm going to read verse number, and I'm going to drop down and read verse 43. And the book of St. John chapter 5, verse 43, read. I mean, St. John chapter 5, verse 37 and 43, 37 reads. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Verse 43. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If any shall come in his own name, him. You will receive. So we got here that Yahweh the Son said he comes in his father's name. And no one has seen the father, heard his voice at any time, or nor seen his shape. So Yahweh the Son said he comes in his father's name. Now, let's find out something about this name. Because we know that we can read and um we can read. In Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, it was a profound statement made. In the book of Acts chapter 4, we know we can read something in Acts chapter 4, verse number 12. Let's see what it says in the book of Acts. We're going to read chapter 4. Turn your page number. Turn turn your book to chapter 4, and let's go pick it up at verse number 12. And let's see what it reads. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The key point here is that there is no other name under heaven given among men. And that's what I want to point out in the scripture. So what is that name? What is the son's name? What is the father's name? If thou can tell us. He says, there's no other name given amongst man that we should be saved by. And this is your salvation on the line for his name. So before we go read uh, uh, Psalms 116, verse 13, let's get some, get some understanding here. Because his name was given, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst man. So we know there's no other name. There's only can be. In fact, let's now let's pull out some historical documents here, and let's see what it says. Uh, I'm going to go into the Holy Bible 
And I want to read in the Old and New Testament, the King James Version. And I'm going to read something here. And I want to just get understanding about some, some, some documents about the name. Okay? So first and foremost, let's go read something about Lord. Let's read about Lord. The word Lord says on page 20, it reads, Lord, one who has authority over persons or things. Here, Lord God, as the supreme authority, Jesus as leader, doing his ministry, and as the son of God. In the Old Testament, when large and small capitals are used for Lord, the original Hebrew reads Y-H-W-S, and it tells you to see Taxigrammaton. So we just got done reading inside of um the Holy Bible, King James Version, and we read in the back of the concordance. Let me make myself clear. We read in the concordance dictionary. Inside the concordance dictionary they have this they have this word here called Lord. And it's letting you know that anywhere that you see Lord inside of the Bible, there was Y-H-W-H-L. Anywhere where you see the word God there, there was Y-H-W-H there. It says in the Hebrew, but the understanding is that we're reading in this, uh, 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 this, this language called English today. So we got four letters in English. That's Y-H-W-H. Well, here it is. They letting us know that they didn't, this name is not in our Bible today. It's Lord. So let's see what it says in Text of Grammaton, because that's what it sent us to. So let's read Text of Grammaton. Let's see what it says. Text of Grammaton. The four letters, Y-H-W-H, forming the sacred name of the Supreme Deity. Whenever the words Lord and God appear in large and small capital letters in the Old Testament, the original Hebrew text uses Y-H-W-H. So the original text, this is the semantic song, it uses Y-H-W-H. And anywhere where you see, if it's a capital letter, a capital L, or a capital G, the original word, or a small L, or a small G, everywhere where you see Lord and God inside of the Bible, the original letters that should be there today is Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. And that's in the text of Grammaton on page 30. Let's continue to see what well, that's the uh, uh, Holy Bible, uh, King James Version, and the Concordance Dictionary had to say. We're going to turn to page 32. And this one says um, Yahweh. That's what this says. And it says the covenant. It says the covenant God of Israel. Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, in the original Hebrew. According to the, it says, Jewish custom. I'm going to read it where it is. It says, according to Jewish custom, because of reverence, the divine name was not to be spoken to. I mean, it was not to be spoken. So, the Hebrew words for Lord and God were substituted. 
Whenever the words Lord and God appear in large and small capital letters, the original Hebrew reads Y-H-W-A. We want to make, a, make, ourselves, make ourselves very clear here that anywhere we see the, the word Lord or God inside of the Bible, we know that this word was, um, as they said, in Jewish customs because of the reverence, the name was not to be spoken. So they substituted the name. So we know that this name was substituted, Y-H-W-A, Yahweh for Lord and God. And everywhere you see small and capital letters inside of the Bible of Lord and God, the original words, the letters should be there, is Y-H-W-H. And let's see, can we pour something else out? We're going to go read something back into our Bible here. And we want to make sure we got a clear understanding that anywhere, remember where we see this name, G-O-D-L-O-R-G, which is not even a name, these words, we know that the original word there, the original name there, should be Y-H-W-H. And we go back to our Proverbs chapter 30. Because remember, they did confess out of their own mouth and said it was substituted. So this name was substituted, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, for Lord and God. In Jesus throughout the Bible. So let's go back and read Proverbs chapter 30. We want to read verse number 6. Just so we can get a clear understanding for the national audience. And anybody ever wondering, why do you use that name, Yahweh? Why you don't use you guys at Voices of the True Israelite uh, uh, don't use uh, Lord or God or Jesus? Why don't you use these names? Because we know that out of the confession of the big dignitary's mouth, they have made a confession and said that they have substituted the name Y-H-W-H. That's what we do know. So if you substituted the name, that means when you go back and you read Proverbs chapter 30 and you pick it up at verse number 5 and verse 6 now, it says, verse 5, every word of Yahweh is true. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Six. Add you not unto his word. Least he reprove you and you be found a liar. And that's our job at Voices of the True Israelites is to find the lie that these other nations have told us. So that's what we're doing. And we come to find out that they admitted and said they substituted the word, uh, substituted the name for the words. Lord and God. Now, I want to read another um, historical document fact, and it's on YHWH, Yahweh, four letters. YHWH, Yahweh. And it reads One thing that is clear is that the name is not the Lord, L O R D. This title is substituted for the name almost 7,000 times in. Most English translations of the Hebrew Shemitic scriptures. In other words, YHWH is removed 7,000 times and the LOID is added 7,000 times. This manipulation, once again, this manipulation, this manipulation, no matter how well it seems, hides the clear desire of Yahweh. 
YHWH for people to call on his name. For the national audience and everyone that's listening in and tuning in, how many people like to be manipulated? No one likes to be manipulated when they have substituted the name of YHWH, the Lord God of Jesus, because Jesus, we know, is a name that was a, a new invention. We know Lord is a new invention. We know God is a new invention. And these things are manipulation. So let me add a little bit more. And, and, um, let me go somewhere else. I want to read something and get a precept. Because we want to make sure that we got a clear understanding that the Father already said when you do these things, he told us already. The Bible tells a story in Deuteronomy. You can help me put the book back in order. Put the book back in order. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter uh, 4, verse 1 and verse number 2, he reads. Verse 1 reads. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the law, unto the judgments with thy teachers, to do them, that you may live, and go in and possess the land which the Yahweh of your fathers giveth you. So verse number two is a law that we have to do. This is a law. This brings about to teach us. Verse two. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish out from it, that you may keep the laws of Yahweh, your Yahweh, which I command you. This is a commandment not to add to the word of Yahweh and to keep them. So we know that when they substituted the name, that manipulation, we know that it was added to the word of Yahweh, and they had taken out the name Y-H-W-H and give, had, uh, given us Lord, God, and Jesus. So like I say, for the nationalists, you just want to make sure you, know, you got a clear understanding that don't nobody like to be uh, manipulated. i tell you that. So um, it's, it's something else that was read in the book of Job, chapter 32, verse 21 and verse 22. 21 reads. Let's see what Yahweh has to say about titles. In verse 21, it reads, Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person, neither let me give flattering titles unto men. Verse 22. For I know not to give flattering titles. And so doing, my maker would soon take me away. So if you get to getting caught up in all these flattering titles that man have invented, that means you on the verge of your maker, our maker, Yahweh, taking you away. So we want to make sure that the national honors of uh, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel get understanding to not get caught up in these flattering titles. And it was something that Yahweh had said about his name. In the book of Exodus, we're going to pick it up at chapter 3, verse 15 and verse 16. In the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse uh, 15, read. And Yahweh said moreover unto Moses, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, the Yahweh, Yahweh of your father, Yahweh of Abraham, Yahweh of Isaac, and Yahweh of Israel has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. 
and this is my memorial unto all generations. Verse 16. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, Yahweh, Yahweh of your father, Yahweh of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Israel, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. So Yahweh said, this is his name, and this is his name forever. So if that's his name, and it's his name forever, that means we know that Yahweh is in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6, that he don't change. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Whoever his name was then, a name that was not, there was no other name given amongst man. In the time of when Moses, he laid that lick down with Moses too. He said, that's his name forever, and he don't change. That's his name today, and today is the forever. So whatever it was yesterday, it is today. Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. Over to you, says Graf C. Roy. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah. 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 Young man, well, you know, the field likes to hear stuff like that. He likes to hear some kind of reports out of all the camps that uh, we can be clear that. Let me get a precept. Let me get a precept on something there, young man. Before we go with 12, 12. You know, but 
Sometimes I don't know fear. This verse will come up. What can we read in 49 verse 48, young lion? Lord Isaiah, he was right down with the son and said to the father. And listen what he said in 49 verse 4. What did he say that young lion? All right. As I get ready to read Isaiah 49 verse 4. I want to let you know we got a uh, like a triple a triple uh, sound coming from you in the microphone. Just give me a heads up for your uh, uh, for your line. Now. You know we know them big dictators. We know how they operate. So maybe they can adjust something on our microphone. All right, on Isaiah chapter forty-nine, verse number four, verse four reads: Then I said, I have labored in vain. I had spent my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Yahweh and my work with my Yahweh. See, we know we ain't laboring in vain because we know we get a lot of distractions. Like WCC just said, yeah, we had your microphone going the way we wanted to go, but we'll stay up when we get ready to. That's right. Okay, no problem. Now, young lion. So, the Passover's coming up. The 13th day, that evening is the 14th day. Because remember, the Bible's time is when sunset. When you look outside and see the sun going down, that's the end of the day. Man's time is 12.01. But Bible time is when the sun sets. That's Bible time. So when the sun sets, that's the end of it. Good. All right. Young line, um, I don't know where we're going, but I know we got to get on. Chapter 12, verse 12. Let's see what that says that come out. All right. We're going over to the book of Luke. Chapter 12, verse 12. Verse 12 reads, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour. What you are to say. Stand up, Dr. Harrison. He's just as much Gentile as I am. By the flesh, neither one of us are the seed of Abraham. He's just a different flavor of the same mess. Christianity is not rooted in white men. Christianity is rooted in Judaism, and Judaism is rooted in Abraham, and Abraham was rooted in God. This is not about colors. This is not about colors. This is about covenant. It is about covenant. It is not about colors. That's big talk right there. T.D. Jakes, uh, Thomas Dexter, Thomas Dexter said, it, it's about covenant. Uh, covenant ain't about no race. ain't about no black and white. You're right. It's about covenant. And, uh, and that's true. And see, that's why we know that the big thing is they take their time. This group will throw their shots in until they tie themselves out. Then they'll crank up somebody else to throw their shots in and, and try to tie out the six anointed camp. But 
when you was reading about the name, see, understand that it's so important to know this name because in this name, and I don't want to deal with this in a minute because I heard it. We'll deal with that in a minute. But see, it's so important to know the power of this name. So this name in the 17th verse 46 of, listen to what David says about this name. See, David is the king of Israel. We just say that for now. Because we're going to teach on a little bit of everything. You know, but sometimes when they raise their heads up, we have to zero in on them. Because it's not about color. That's true. That's true. It's not about color. You know, self the point we make it. It's not about color. Then if it's not about color, that's the point. If it's not about color. Not about color, right? Okay, good. And she was commissioned to paint a significant work of art that depicted Jesus Christ and his 12 apostles. She was commissioned to paint a significant work of in 1482, Leonardo da Vinci was commissioned to paint a significant work of art that depicted Jesus Christ and his 12 apostles. This painting would later become known as The Last Supper. This was a time when the world was a vastly different place. This painting has had a brainwashing impact on the world and become a significant tool used in colonialism till this day. In fact, many black people around the world continue to hold on to the original painting of the Last Supper. History unveiled that Leonardo da Vinci used his uncle to pose as Jesus Christ. Twelve criminals from a local jail were used as models for the Twelve Apostles. This decision to use criminals as models is not uncommon. The image of the Last Supper became a tool used by colonial powers. The decision to use criminals as models is not used by colonial powers. To assert their dominance over the people they sought to conquer and control. The whole world is run on blossom. No race, no nation, no man has any divine right to take advantage of others. The first officially documented painting of the Jesus the Christ was done in 1492, under Alexander 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 the Picture 
uh, the mighty one as pale red <laughs> and Mary and the baby pink red called like hold your hand up hold, hold your hand up or uh, give, uh, give me a one on the international side to tell me out of 900,000 strong how many do you have now this is what we say this is the reason why we say this now, Thomas Dexter is not honest in what he just said. Because I know he be invited to Big Dignitary's program. And it ain't about color. But tell me, why is it that all the pictures that when you're invited to a big old setting, the pictures be pale red, called white in the image of all the minds of the world. If it don't matter, then why would, why would that picture of pale red, white, be the image that we know of? Now look at our little one. I got 40 years in the Catholic Church. What color is this uh, word Jesus? Um, He's white. I mean, it, 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 that's a no-brainer. Look at the picture. Yeah. According to the picture, that's what it is. But is that the truth according to the Bible? No. And once you find out that is wrong, that point is wrong. Once you find out when you go in the Bible, Thomas Dexter, Jake, T.D. Jake, then you have to do it for your congregation. To you say you from the Nebo tribe. You make it plain you from the Nebo tribe. And you just said some big dignitary and yourself and man one of us Gentiles. You looked at Esau you're not a Gentile, and he's not a Gentile. See, see, that's what we mean by when one group gets themselves way out, then another group starts back up. And that's why we look forward for the six morning camps to put a presentation on the table. Let me see where you're at. But sooner or later, you're going to be on the clock. Now, you got a lot of things. It's not about cover. It's about covenant. Now, know what we're going to do? We're going to look at that biblically, what he just said. It's not about color. It's about covenant. Now, let's investigate this right here according to the Bible. Remember, we read in the 17th chapter, verse 10 and 11. They will hear speech, and they will go search the scripture to see the soul. So, Thomas Dexter said, it ain't about color. It's about covenant. Okay, now we're gonna leave it like that. Give me, give me another double dose. Give me another dose of that. Luke chapter twelve, verse twelve. Young line, and let's see if we get something going on. And um, Apostle D S J Israel, take note because sooner or later these gonna come on the table, try to win the bump the gum contest. 
the game changer in the 17th chapter of that young line. What if the game changer, and you talked about it earlier, we just want to piggyback off on it, what you said, and put a verse with it. I thought you did. You put verses with it yourself. That's a great thing, too. But in 1 Samuel 17, can you help those see out in verse 45 and 46? Help those see out what it say. 1 Samuel chapter 17, give me verse 45 and 46. Young man, that's my final verdict. You on the clock, come on. All right. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, we want to read verse 45 and verse 46. 45 reads. Then said David to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, and I come to you in the name of Yahweh of hope, the Yahweh of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Verse 46. This day will the Yahweh deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head from off you. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a Yahweh in him. Luke, chapter 12, verse 12. Young lion, what's that say? The book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 12. Verse 12 reads, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you are to say. Excellent. In that very same hour, the righteous spirit will teach you what you are to say. See, you will always invite the righteous spirit to be. And the righteous spirit is with you if you with the son and the father. He with you, but that's the game changer. He with you, but you got to be. Let me get a precept out of that. Let's run to the ninth chapter of Romans, verse 7. So let me, let me go around there because see, one thing about it, three-hour broadcast, right? We know Thomas Dexter has dropped a profound statement on it ain't about color, it's about covenant. Okay, we got that part. So, but we're going to get at that. But you have to remember, when you invite the righteous spirit in to your lesson, you might get ready to get at Thomas Dexter. Then all of a sudden he said, no, okay, before you get at Thomas Dexter, put this verse down on tape. Be obedient. Hold what you got. Look at and see what he says. And in Romans chapter 9, verse 7 to 13, listen to what he says, and let's see, can we analyze what he's trying to show us in take 12? Although I'm going, I'm going to deal with Thomas Dexter, Jakes, because it ain't about color, it's about covenant. But I'm going to go around and come back to him. You got it? Good. Let's see what it says in 9, verse 7 to 13. Take the time to the young line and uh, put a little more audio with it for you can, um, for the 900,000 plus on the international side can, can show you how we go at something hip and die. We going at, we going at it hip and die, but we going the way it's given to us to go. Romans chapter 9, 
verse 7 on verse 13. What does it say? The book of Romans, chapter 9, verse 7 down to verse 13. Verse 7 reads, Neither, because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all church, but in Isaac shall your seed be called. Verse 8. Hold on, hold on, young man. I don't want one birthday at a time. Because, see, sometimes you, you want to go all the way, but now, he said, Abraham have a lot of seeds. But he just told Paul was what? Galatians 1, 15 and 16. Let's talk about Paul for a minute. Let's see what Paul's resume is. See, remember, we're going to check Paul's resume out. For him to be talking to the Romans, scattered Israelites in Rome, what kind of credentials you have to make such a profound statement? We're going to go and, and take a look at what he said out of his mouth in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Hey, young lion, what did he say that we can read? Come on. The book of Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 and verse 16. Verse 15 reads, But when it pleased Yahweh, the Father, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Verse 16. To reveal his son in me that I might teach him among the heathen. Immediately I confer not with flesh and blood. Next verse. Verse 17. Neither went I up to Yadaju, to them which were apostles before me, but I went unto Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Well, well, hold on, well, hold on there, young man. Hold on. I, I, I'm not hearing the way I need to hear it. Come back and look at that verse um, 15 again because I'm missing something. I, I'm missing some good talk. I, I don't know. I'm missing some good talk there, young line. Come back and look at verse 14 and 15. Yeah, come back one verse and look at verse 14 because I want to bring out something. And what it says in verse 14. The book of Romans, chapter, I mean the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verse 15 reads, But when it pleased Joshua the Father, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Verse 16. To reveal his son. To reveal his son in me that I might teach him among the heathen. Immediately I confer not with flesh and blood. Okay. So we found out he was raised from the womb at his business. So when Paul is speaking, let's be clear, Paul is speaking from being ordained in the womb to take care of business. He said, although my mother and father had a good time bringing me, but I was already ordained for this business. See, Paul, that's what he's saying. He was ordained for this business. So now, and Paul made a statement on his on what he believed. See, Paul made a statement on what he believed. And 
the 24th chapter of Acts, Paul stated in writing what he believed. What do we believe in 24, verse 14? And we want to know, do you believe like Paul? Paul can tell you about how he believed. Paul, Apostle Paul, you know the one who been beheaded over there in, in the Basilica over there in Rome, you know, painted as a um, pale white man? He's going to tell you what he believed. And 2414, the book of Acts, he's going to tell you what he believed. What, what, what do he believe? What do old Paul believe? Come on. So book of Acts, chapter 24, verse number 14. Verse 14 reads, But this I confess unto you, that after the way which they call history, so worship I the Yahweh of my father, believing all things which are written in the in the Yah in the law and in the seal. See, Paul said, Paul said how, how he rolled, he believed everything that's written. Everything written in the law and in the seals. He said, that, that's how he, see, just the point we try to tell you. Listen, Thomas Dexter made a profound statement. It ain't about color. It's about covenants. And that's, that's the truth. So if it's about covenants, then when we read these things, and, and the young lion already read the book of, well, he read um, Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. Don't add to his word or you be found and be proven to be a liar. So once you're a liar, you remember the case with Furman back there with O.J. Simpson? When they found that he was a liar on one point, they said, well, your testimony is no, it's no good no more. So if you find out that your preacher... Your overseers are standing before you lying, and you still don't do right behind them lying. Then Yahweh got something written in St. John's 9, 39 through 41. Do you know he got something written behind that? Listen, if you find out that the ministry you're in on every point have lied to you, that's why you don't win the bump the gum contests at all. If you find out what they're saying, the Bible don't support it, and you still support that ministry, do you know what happens? We don't read it. Let him tell you out his own mouth. And St. John chapter 9, verse 39 through 41. Take notes. Just take notes. That's all. Take notes. What does it say that young line? Okay. The book of St. John chapter 9, verse 40 and verse 41. And it reads, the same of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Verse 41. Yahweh the Son said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. Now, what do, you, what do you mean by that? Once one time ago, you, did, you didn't know, because there wasn't no bosses over to his life. I understand that. Fixing on the camps, 
you, you, you didn't know they existed. You didn't know. But now you're saying that a minister come on airway six nights a week. And everything they tell you, they read it out the Bible, then they comment on the scripture. That means, and you hearing it, and you're doing your research, and you see it's true. He says, once you find out that it is true, and you don't make adjustment on it, he said, now your sins remain. That means the clocks go a ticking on you. Sometimes you wonder why you be up today, then you down tomorrow. Because you be knowing the truth. You let loyalty get in the way of the truth. Uh, I can't think of the verse right now, y'all, y'all lying. But it tells us in a, in a verse that, nothing that I, I can't think of the verse right now. It says, he says, I just take it this way. I just take it this way right here. It, it's time now for us to be a 13, 11 through 14. That's all Romans. See, it's time now. See, the time is now because, look, when we come on this network, we give it all we got because you can be your last. So if, if, you're, so if you ain't gave it all you got, and it can be your last. Then when you stand before Yaqua, he gonna say, "Could you, could you have turned up a little bit more?" Uh, yeah, I could have. Why didn't you? You, you knew that what's written in three forty-eight of Maccabees. You knew that. You knew that was read to you, right? Yeah, I heard that verse. But you still taking. Cousin, nephew, auntie, checking and putting it in that pastor's hand to my some time. And you knew that first Maccabees three forty eight is in the it's in the Bible that was taken out in eighteen eighty five. What what is written in first Maccabees three forty eight anyway? There, young lion. Young lion, what is 348 of Maccabee. What's written in there anyway? Can y'all throw C out there, young man? Because we see a whole lot of, you know, that's what I would tell uh, Sister VSJ soon later. Now you got you to put your hands up. Y'all ready to come on that microphone and holler in that microphone now. Cause like I said, again, all hands on deck. Sometimes all hands got to be on deck. Huh? I, how, long you, how long you got to warm up in the bullpen? Oh, you put your hand and say, I'm ready to holler in that microphone. You can't can holler in the microphone. And 348, what does it say that we can read? You know what I'm All right. We're going to the first Maccabees. I had to get that there. Chapter uh, 3, we're picking up at verse number 48. Verse 48 reads, And laid open the book of the law, wherein the heathen, Esau and his five sons, had sought to take the likeness of their image. And he was commissioned to paint the significant work of art that depicted Jesus Christ and his twelve apostles. He was commissioned to paint the significant work. So, in 1482, Leonardo da Vinci was commissioned to paint the significant work of art that depicted Jesus Christ. 
brainwashing impact on the world and become a significant tool used in colonialism till this day. In fact, many black people around the world continue to hold on to the original painting of The Last Supper. History unveiled that Leonardo da Vinci used his uncle to pose as Jesus Christ. Twelve criminals from a local jail were used as models for the Twelve Apostles. This decision to use criminals as models is not uncommon. The record says, the prophecy in 348, that it will come a time that that when you read the Bible in Revelation 1, 14 and 15, it was already prophesied the coming of the changing of the appearance of our Savior. It was already prophesied in 348 that they're going to change and paint the likeness of themselves. So that means the likeness that's in the Bible, your preacher would never, why, why, why he can't read this to you? Don't you pay him your tithe, free will often, donation, donate your time with him? You mean it? You mean Dick would never read you Revelation chapter one, verse fourteen and fifteen? Have you ever heard that read in your congregation? Revelation one, fourteen and fifteen. But before you read Revelation one, fourteen, fifteen, can we set it up by going to one one and get an idea of what's going on? Let's get an idea. Let's look at it like this: the nationalities. Let's say they. They undressed. We don't have to spiritually dress them up because sometimes you have to start eating from scratch. You can't take nothing for granted. I can go to 1, 14, 15, get it out the way. Okay, fine. But let's go to 1, 1, and 2 and see what we get out of 1, 1, and 2 to get to 1, 14 through 16. Because remember, we we pointed at Thomas Dexter Jakes. He said it ain't about color. It's about covenant. And he said that he is not a Gentile and his big dignitary uh, attorney is not a Gentile. Now one of them is the Abraham C. See? See, when you, when you see when you hear stuff like this, then you know you got your big Bible standing before you. Now it's up to you to make adjustment according to the Bible. Revelation one one and two, then skip down to one fourteen fifteen. What does say that young line? The book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter one, verse one, verse two, and verse fourteen and verse fifteen. Verse one reads: The revelation of Yahweh the Son which Yahweh the Father gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must, sure, which must surely come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angels unto his servant John. Verse 2. Who bear record of the word of Yahweh the Father and of the covenant of Yahweh the Son, and of all things that he saw. Verse 14, read. Uh-huh. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, young young mm-hmm. man. You, you're talking good. You're talking good. Now John is saying he only writing down what he saw. He mm-hmm. said, "Listen, I I'm just writing down what I saw." And one morning too, he says, "I'm writing down what I saw." Now I'm not, he said he said I'm the eyewitness of what I saw. Now let's see what he saw as the eyewitness you see today. It's the same thing according to the Bible, huh? We are gonna find out. Now he did, he gonna tell you what he saw. What what did he see in verse fourteen and fifteen? Book of Revelation, chapter one, verse fourteen, verse fifteen, verse fourteen reads. His head. Well, hold your and point. His... Well, hold your mm-hmm. point there, young line. I, I, I want to spice it up a little bit more. I want to spice it up a little bit more. Before you read that, I want to spice it up a little bit. See, sometimes I like to spice things up a little bit more. In that first chapter, um, I want to spice it up a little bit more. Let's see what he says. In verse number nine, I want to. I'm gonna look at verse nine. All right. One nine. The Book of Revelation, chapter one, picking up at verse number nine. Verse nine reads, "I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom, and." Patience of Yahweh the Son was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of Yahweh the Father and for the covenant of Yahweh the Son. Now, so, so you see, now, now he giving um, he, he, you hear the man saying, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I was in prison. They had me on a uh, an isle called Patmos. They had me in prison. He was on an island. He was in prison. So he tell you, giving you details. See, Yahweh put him in that position. Sometimes Yahweh has to put you in position to get your attention. I don't know that John or stray a little bit. I, I don't know that now. But sometimes he puts you in a in, in a fix to get your attention by like telling the brother. When the brother says soundly, uh, hey, Sierra, I don't want to be a teacher no more. I don't be a teacher. He was created to be, you were created to be a teacher, brother. Well, see, I want to make sure I, you know, I, I want to stay, you know, get the pass on the back with all my friends. Well, no, this ain't going to get you no pass on the back. No. And so if you don't want no pass on the back, get in the word of y'all. I, I tell you that now. If you don't want no pass on the back, and you want your eyes to be in the corner when you come past, just get in the word. <laughs> you going to find out. Yeah. If you don't want, if you if you don't want nobody to call you, what you doing for such a time? You don't get none of them called no more. Just get in this word. Don't don't worry, they'll pay you no never mind like they do those seals. Okay, verse eleven. Look what he says in verse eleven. All right, the Book of Revelation, chapter verse number eleven, verse eleven reads, "Stand, I am." The first and the last. And what we see, write in a book. 
and sent it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Good. Good. Unto so he said now, now, he said now what you see, John. Now listen, I want to break this down for the national audience. He said, John, what you see, I'm giving it to show you. Put it in the book. Now, I want to know, all you ones on the international side on 900,000 strong, you're tired there, right? Free will often donation and donate your time to the ministry. He told John what you see, what you saw. I want to know, did your preacher ever read what's in the book before you in the congregation that you that you been going to for the last 30 to 50 years. Have this verse ever been read to you that John was ordered to put it in the book? Verse 14 and 15. Let's see. Verse 14 and 15. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, picking up at verse number 14 and verse 15. Verse 14 reads, His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Verse 15. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burnt in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many wars. Now, how many, how many of you raise your hand up if a, a Catholic church member? You go in there and you see the baby Jesus and Mary and you kiss his toes so much, so much. What do you kiss off his toes? The burnt of a furnace toes? Or do you cook do you kiss the pale red whitest white toe? Now, you be looking because you kiss the toes. You go in, you get, before you go into the big congregation, you see Mary and Jesus, and you see a hole in the baby, and they get in line and kiss his toes. Mm-hmm. What color is it in the Catholic Church? Is it, do it, they have been burnt in an oven? Huh? They don't? Then that means they lying to you. If they lying to you about that point, then what else they lying to you then? Because according to the Bible, John is right more than he sees. He sees a man with woolly hair and big black feet. And back in the days when he was a baby, he had a little black feet. Now, do your organization have the baby with little black feet? Of course not. Because like they like T D Jake said. Color don't matter. It's about covenant. If color don't matter, then why didn't you go with the Bible color? Since it don't matter. And we're going to preach up at the 218. See, we're going all around the bush so we can get back at T.D. Jakes shortly. Because we don't have no respect to person. If, if you throw a stone at the six of morning camp, we gonna we gonna we gonna check you out through the page of the book, and we gonna be going at your hip and thigh. 
That's why we read that 15 verse 8. We're going to be going at your hip and thigh. That means we're going to put you in a painful position according to the scripture for you and your father, persuading people to go not the right way, but the wrong way. Yeah, now, what you reading there, young lion? 218. The book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse number 18. Verse, verse 18 reads, And unto the angel of the church in Thetaria, right, these things says the son of Yahweh the Father, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire in his feet, are like fine bread. So, so that's him as a grown man with with grown man feet. But just as some feet grow into a grown man, they're little baby feet. Now, the little baby feet that you be kissing at the Catholic Church and all of the places you go to with the statues. How many times? How many times you go into your congregation? Before you go to your confession booth, you stop off and kiss a black feet, little bitty feet, and, and try to kiss the black off the feet. How many times you did that? That means you're going to a place. You, they, I know you don't take the Bible with you. What? You don't need no Bible. You can't be taking the Bible with you. Do they ever read any of this? Do they ever read what the prophecy says? And Now, the day is a seer. Daniel was told to write what he said. Now here go Daniel. So how many? So listen, you read a verse. Do you have them to read it? But lose the Father God content. Tell them just read this and now. What you get out of this right here, Daniel chapter ten, verse five and six. What you get out of this after they read it? After, what you get out of this? But first read it after they get you bumping the gum. You no know, calling. You know the seer. You know. I need tickets here and run into the pole and beat him up real good, all that. When you get through all that talking, then say, well, well what about this Daniel uh, chapter 10, verse 5 and 6? Then you have somebody to read it, and you, and you, uh, my brother, my sister, my niece, uh, comment after this verse is read. Oh, I read it, and you just comment. Let me see what you get out of this verse. What do you get out of Daniel? Chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. After this read, what do you read on your line? The book of James, chapter 10, verse 5 and verse 6. Verse 5 reads, Then I lift up my eyes and look, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose lions were girded with fine gold of euphat. Verse 6. His body also was like a barrel. In his face as the appearance of lightning, in his eyes as lamps of fire, in his arms and his feet like in color, to polish brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. His arms and his feet was like polished brass. His arms. And his feet was of color. You know, you remember in the South, you remember your grandma used to tell you, we was called color people. 
Daniel just described to you a color name. He said his arms and his feet brass color, polished brass. You know, you, you know, polished. You know, a penny, a penny, polished brass. But the brass, as they was burnt in a furnace, burn that penny. Then look at it. That's what his complexion was. Now, how many churches have you went to? See, what happens, you know, the Muslims, they can't explain the Bible right because they're not, they weren't given the Bible. The, the world wasn't, they can't explain the Bible, but it wasn't given to them explain it the way we explain it. See, we read, and you read Moodles, right? This is what then the son didn't make himself, right? He didn't make himself, and Joseph didn't make him neither. Let's take a look at his father by going to 7 verse 9 of Daniel. Now you're going to watch his father. Remember his father. He Remember he's the, in, in Galatians chapter 1 verse 14 down. He's a splitting image of his person, his father, in Hebrews 1, 1, 2 and all that good stuff. But we're not going to Colossians. We're not going to Hebrews. You better know he's the, he's a twin to his father. Then over in the 14th chapter, verse 8 of St. John, uh, Philip said, you know, it suffice me, Yahweh the son. Can you tell me uh, uh, who's, who's our father? Father, all about our Not that we'll read that. And let's see what he said behind that. We'll see what he said in 14, verse 8, after we read this. Now, Philip is another eyewitness. He said, it suffice me. We're, okay, well, I, you know, I can't quote, so I ain't going to try to quote it. We're going to read 14, verse 8, after we read about the Father and Daniel 7, verse 9. I, I ain't forgot about Thomas Dexter yet, but let me go, let, let me snuff him out real good, because he said color don't matter. If color don't matter, why haven't the Bible color been read in any of your Christians or Catholics or, well, no, well, Christian, Catholic is the head of the Christian, the head. So if you are Christian, you, your head is the Roman Catholic Church. That's the, that is the head of the Christian Church, the Roman Catholic Church. That's the head of it. Whether you Baptist, Episcopalian, or whatever, apostolic, the head of you is the Roman Catholic Church. Simple as that. Now, the Father, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. The Father, come on. The book of Daniel, verse number 9, verse 9 reads, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery, the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. His head was pure wool. What people? It's a no-brainer. Who got that pure wool hair that always somewhere trying to find some clairol to straighten it out? Huh? But if you let nature kick in, 
your hair will be pure wool, and that is the best hair of all because Yahweh is the beauty of all. But you've not been taught that. If you got pure wool hair in your head, you got the best hair of the of the father and the son. That's that let you know who you are. One thing about it, pure wool hair depicts the Almighty's people. Pure wool, not goat or horse hair. Goat hair, horse hair is not pure. What's pure is wool. Got it? Good. We ain't going, we, we leave that out there. So now, you know, if, if these is the father and son the, of the creation, you know they're going to have the best, the best of everything, right? If they want, if they the creator, right? So they create, the, he created his son to have pure wool hair. So you know what Adam had to have, right? And because Adam <laughs> gave you planted that Yahweh the son is my father. So that pure wool hair that you're running from to buying all this relaxing to put in your head, why are you doing that? you saying the Almighty made a mistake with you. Huh? He made a mistake with you, huh? So you think you look better when you put Clairol in your head. You look, you, you look, but who are you looking better to? you saying that the Almighty made a mistake with you. If you don't want to, if you don't want no, your nature hair, to be exposed, then who are you trying to please? Oh, the world. Okay. You want to please the world? Then what is written in the Bible about that? By same thing, beloved. We're talking about John anyway, right? What before we go to 14, verse 8, what is written in first John chapter 2, 15 through 17? See, let's examine that. Now, look in the mirror. Do you spend any money? to remove the wool hair from your head. That if you let it naturally, what would it be? Naturally, would it be wool? Do you go and spend money to remove your natural hair and have it some other way? That means you telling your mighty one, you made a mistake with me. Huh? You made a mistake with me. I don't want woolly hair. I look better with goat and horse hair. I like to swing it all around. But did you notice the son and the father had pure wool hair? You got it? So you tell them they made a mistake. Even your first father, Adam, he had, he looked like the son. The son looked like the father, according to Galatians Chapter 1, 14, down to 17, according to Hebrews chapter 1, 1, 2, and 3. I mean, that's what they look like. Then Philip's going to ask a question, and we're going to see what Philip says, and we're going to see what his answer in 14, verse 8. After we read whatever we get ready to read, then we're going to find out what another eyewitness asked the question. See, the Bible got all the answers. Do your preachers read any Bible? Or do they just moan, groan, and complain, and backbite, and murmur? Do they go in the Bible and put on their case? Or do they talk a good game? But see, we read a good game. What you reading there, young lion? All right. We're going to 
think, I mean, First John chapter 2, verse 15 and down to 17. First what John First John chapter 2, verse 15 reads, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Yeah. He say he's not. He say you don't love the world. He don't love nothing in it. See, if you're making your decision according to the peoples of the world, then that's not of the Father. That we just got to read. Now look at the WCC. Sir, uh, we need a precept. You know, I don't find out. Do you even know what precept is? But we 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 know what you're saying. But is you just saying something to be saying something? We'll give you a precept. Okay, let's give you a precept and let's try James one eight, then James chapter four four through eight. Let's get let's get a WCC five hundred million members of precept. We'll give you James that that is the son's brother. What did he say that he hung around his brother for, you know, at least 30 years? What did he write in 1 verse 8, then skip down to James 4, 4 through 8? What did he read in your mind? Come on. Okay, going to the book of James, chapter 1, and picking up at verse number 8, then dropping down to chapter 4, down to verse 8. Book of James, chapter 1. Verse 8 reads, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Chapter 4, James, chapter 4, verse 4, down to verse 8. Verse 4 reads, you adulterers and adulterers, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with Yahweh? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world, is the enemy of Yahweh. Verse 5. Do you think that the scripture said in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to him? Verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, Yahweh resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to Yahweh. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 18. Draw near to Yahweh, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your mind, you double mind. So he's saying again, when you go shopping, when you go shopping, when you do your worldly things, do you be doing your worldly things for the please Yahweh or you, uh, the mighty one, you know, Yahweh by true name? Or do you do just do what the world do? Did you hear what he just said? Love not the world and nothing in it. 
That means put none before what your Yahweh got all this book for you. If Yahweh got all this book for you, chose to do contrary to his book, you chose to go out there and put something in your hair that he that he did not naturally put in your head. Huh? Do you know what you make yourself according to the Bible? I mean, in his eyes. I mean, you might look good. He might, might look good in the seer's eyes. But that's me. What's my opinion? But do you, do you know what you, when you do things just out of the nature of the 12 tribes of Israel? Because it's something that you do. We just want to detour for a minute and go to Leviticus 13 and, see, and tell me, do you do this? Or do you know anybody that do this? Do you know? Do you? I mean, you know, we don't never know what we're teaching. We just teach the Bible. Now, the reason why we do this, although we're going to Leviticus 13, we're going to 13. But the reason why we do this, we're going to precept and show you why we do what we do. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 21 and 26. See, it's the reason why we do what we do. Because the Bible tells you why we do what we do. See, we remember, we're not anti-anybody. We're just pro-12 tribes of Israel. We got no animosity. We're not anti-anybody. I don't hate nobody. I know what this Bible's saying, and I know the responsibility on what we got to do is bring out and tear down these strongholds for you to give another thought. Because you, you want to get salvation, don't you? They're going to show you that you can't order the water and say, hold back your wet. This is the um, second letter of 757. Can you, can you give me that? I know I know you're all over the place, uh, young lad, but put your marker there and give me my 757 of second Israel. Because I just want you to know these things. Second Ezra 7, 57. I want you to know what is written. What is written? What can we read? Second Ezra 7, 57. All right. We're going over to the book of Second Ezra. Chapter 7. We're going to pick it up at verse number 57. The book of Second Ezra. Chapter 7. Verse 57. Read. Then answered he me and said, this is the condition of the battle. This man that is born upon the earth shall fight. You see that? This is the condition of the battle. Listen. If you want salvation, oh, I would love how I know how to get salvation. This is the condition of the battle. This is the condition of the battle. You want salvation? then you got to choose the condition of the Bible, not the traditions of the world. you got to put down that nature of the world, and we can't read in Second Ezra, chapter 14. We can't read it, verse uh, 14 all the way down to 34. But we're not going to do it. The condition of the battle is, you got to look yourself, sit in front of the mirror, and say, "Is I'm going." I hear what the seer is saying, but my family is saying he this and he this and he that. 
we like to take his head and run it into the tree. But none of my peoples is able to go in the Bible and show me on one point where he wrong that. But they can always they can run it they can run him spiritually head into the wall, but they can't never go in the Bible and show us nothing. They call him all kind of names. Well, okay. Good. But leave that alone. But what we trying to tell you, when you make a statement in the Bible, sooner or later it's gonna to get to the six anointed camps and all we're gonna do is investigate it. We know what Thomas Dexter, Jake said. All we're gonna do is investigate and seek it in the whole law. According to Mom, because if he right, then I wanna find out getting some more right. But suppose he's not right. Suppose he's doing the 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 book called Mark seven, six to ten Chapter 7, you online. Suppose he's doing a mark, Chapter 7. Uh, suppose, he, suppose he's doing this. Suppose he's doing it. I mean, how you, how you know? And Mark, Chapter 7. How you know that your preacher before you in the book of Mark, Chapter 7, verse 6 through 9 and 13? What it say? What, what can we read out of Mark, Chapter 7, you online? All right. 6 through 9 and 13. What do you say? All right. We're going to the book of Mark. We're on chapter 7. And we want to read verse number 6 through 9 and verse number 13. The book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 6 reads, He answered and said unto them, While hath wept, well hath Isaiah the seer, Prophesize of you, hypocrite, as it is written, these people honors me with their lips, but their mind is far from me. Verse 7, how be it in vain do you, do they worship me? Teaching for teaching, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Verse number 13, I mean, verse 8, for lying aside the laws of Yahweh, you hold the traditions of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. Verse 9. And he said unto them, For well, you reject the laws of Yahweh that you may keep your own traditions. 13. Making the word of Yahweh of none effect through your tradition, which he, which you have delivered, and many such like things do you. You see what he said you do? He said, the man that's coming before you, he just uh, make, the, make the word of Yahweh with no effect. It, it don't mean none. They, they, matter of fact, I just want to ask a question. Now, have you seen it? How many times have you seen Thomas Dexter with a bob in his hand when he teaches? How many times? How many times have you seen with the Bible in his hand, 
strutting down that great big place. Whoop, whoop the Bible in his hand. How many times? On a sermon. That's his question. How many times? How many times you seen him when you come on, turn your TV on, and he got a Bible in his hand, and said, class, turn to such as verse, and we're going to expound on that verse right there. How many times? That's just going to know. Even your preacher. How many times? That's all I want to know. Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's start cleaning these markers up. Let me zero in on um, Thomas Dexter on, what, on what's left for me to analyze. 1 Corinthians 1, 21 and 26. See, here's the point. Remember David said, in his name, I'm going to take you down. That's what David said, right? Now, now Paul is going to sort of pull that verse, but he's going to use it another way. But he's still going to reflect right back to the 17th chapter because Paul said he believed all things that's written in the law and the seers. So he can't deviate from that when it's time for him to be on the clock. First Corinthians one twenty one, what does it say? The book of First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty one and verse twenty six. Verse twenty one reads And after that in the wisdom of Yahweh, the world by wisdom knew not Yahweh. It pleased Yahweh by the foolishness of teaching to save them that believe. 26. For you. Hold that point. Hold that point. What's, what's going to say them that believe? Let's see what's going to. Backbiting, murmuring, complaining, talking about somebody. What is going to say them that believe? According to verse 21. He says, for. After that, in the wisdom of Yahweh, the world by wisdom knew not Yahweh. It pleased Yahweh by the foolishness of teaching to save them that believe. So what's going to save you to believe is teaching. And that's what we come to do, teach. What's going to save you that, that the one that believe is teach you something? This is what's going to save you, teaching. That's what saved you, teaching. Hallelujah. Get down to verse 26. Verse 26. Get down to verse 26. 26. For you see your calling, brother, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. He He said, all the ones that have been put up in that hole, High profile the world thing. They ain't been called to do this. They don't, they, it, it, no, he don't work like that. He said, there's what they in, in verse 26. So all of when you hear all these old big dignitaries, all of none of them, they, they ain't been called to do none of this. Because of what we're saying now should be nothing new to you. Read verse 26 again. Verse 26. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 reads. For you see your calling, brother. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. 
You see that? So all them big dignitaries, they're not called. They just do it a profession because they're in the spotlight to do it. You have a lot of uh, athletes, and now they want to go into preaching, they call it. But they'll be teaching. They're not called to do this. That's why they all, all they're doing is parakeet everything they hear. I heard that grandma said and, and what, you know, the big dignitaries don't say. That's all they're doing is parakeet that. You know, you know what we do? We go in the book and examine it. I mean, if it's good, we're going with it. If what if what he said, it ain't about color. It's about uh, covenant. Then again, if it's not about color, then why the pictures and the statues that you stand behind when you invite to all these big dignitary movies and theaters and stuff like that? The background always looks pale red, what you call white. Why nothing don't look like the Bible on some burnt feet as they burnt in the oven and then let them get in line and kiss on them black feet, according to the Bible. Why not the Bible since you got it? You got it there now. And now you want to move out the way now, but the image is already in their head. And we just read what the, they said the, the year they gave it to you, and all you do is research it on your computer. The year they gave you that white image, it was prophesied in 348, you're going to get this white image. Now you got it, and now your parents got it, and now all the big dignitaries you know got it, and get what you're doing. You still, and you won't believe it. You won't believe that the man that you worshiping look like those seer, the seer of I am. Now, now, Philip was, you know, he was walking with it. Philip, one of the 12 followers called disciples, he's what? He was with him. And he asked a question about it. In 14 verse 8, he says, he asked a question in 14 verse 8. Can you have now, in St. John 14 verse 8, he asked a question in 14 verse 8. Can you have to see out what he said in 14 verse 8? All right. Going back to St. John, chapter 14, instead of picking up at verse 8, and verse 8 reads, Philip said unto him, Yahweh, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. It suffices us. He said, it's a, it suffices. He said, he said, I'm just so nervous, I don't know what to do. It suffices us. He said, show me the Father. That was Philip. He looked, Yahweh the Son, eyeball to eyeball, he said, Show me the problem. Okay, let's see what he said behind that. What do you say behind that, young lion? The book of St. John, chapter 14, verse 8. Verse 8 reads, Philip said unto him, Yahweh, show us the father, and it suffices us. Yeah. Go ahead. Verse 9. Yahweh the Son says unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet has you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. <laughs> and how says you then, show us the Father? 
I was waiting on one of them old buses. And so happened I was, you know, your mom always brings us down and talks in Bible. And so happened while we was waiting on this um, bus that come that came up. I said, I said, um, look down here, look, look down at that, at that ground right there. You look, look at the ground. What it look like you? Is it closer to you? Or is it closer than pictures of the Catholic Church? Look, look right there. Look down at the ground, right by the concrete. We wait on this bus. Look at the ground. Is do you look? Closer to that, or do you look closer to the pictures at at the Catholic Church? Is I look close to the, like like that ground down there? Okay. So Yahweh made Adam ground down there, and you go outside right now and look at that ground right now, or put on your white dress and slip on that on that ground, put your white skinny jeans on and slip. That's what that's what the creation looked like. Did nothing, everything looked just like that until Genesis 25, 25. Everything looked like that until the birth of Jacob having, uh, uh, Isaac having two sons. It was no change in the color to Genesis 25, 25. That's the only record in the Bible. It is no change of color of anybody until Genesis 25, 25. That is the first changing of the color from Adam to that point. From from Jacob all the way back to Adam, it was one image, like the ground. But Yahweh said something, one image, right, like the ground, but he said something. But he said something in Hosea. Now I got to put a rap out of here, young lion. Now, you have to say out, in the book of Hosea, Yahweh said something in Hosea. Now, I'm struggling right now, young line, but I got to go to Hosea, uh, chapter 4, chapter 4, chapter 3. I got to go because Yahweh said something about what I just said. Certainly, young line, but he made a statement in the book of Hosea about you people. Called the children of Israel. Yeah, what he said. He said something that we can read, that young line. Now, the old seal is struggling right now, but he he'll make up a final statement, but I'm struggling that young line. And can you help those seal? And now he's struggling on on a statement. Because he said something that we can read. Um and check it out, young line. Three verse four. And look, what he, look, look, look what he says here. And Hosea three verse four. See, this see, this is the greatest piece of literature. Here. I don't know why. We asked the brother. I said, brother, can you? You know, uh, the young line, Titus, my brother Titus, read a verse about. Uh, just give me one hour. And we asked the brother in class yesterday. Hey, can you give me one hour? He said, I can get more than one hour. I said, oh, yeah? Your own mouth said it. But, but the Bible tells you in 30 verse 1 and 2, if you make a Bible of Yahweh, that Bible, you stuck with that Bible for 100 million years. You can't break your word. You can't, you can't, you can't make them come out your mouth and back away from it. You stuck. So his brother stuck. He 
give Yahweh more than one hour. Tell about the broadcast that come on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock on Pair Talk. When the young lions crank it up and they talk about the Bible on past subject matters. And he said, yeah, I can give I can give one hour. He said, I can give more than one hour. Okay. He made, now, he made a Bible. He could do more than one. And then he also made a Bible that he could that he going to stop being so short on that box, putting a, one, two dollars in it, too. He said, I can do better than that, too. You, you, boy, you're making a lot of Bibles all over the place now, ain't you? But guess what? Yahweh hold you to them Bibles. Because he done told you plainly in, um, help me out there, young man. In Second Corinthians, um, I, I need a verse. Now, I'm struggling, young man, in Second Corinthians. He said something in Second Corinthians about something. So, young man, you got, to, you got to think about this yourself. Yeah, you got to look in the mirror and tell me in Second Corinthians chapter 9, um, you gotta tell me. You gotta tell me something. Just look in the mirror. Just yes. by the mirror. Said mirror. I'm looking at you, mirror. And the ninth chapter, verse number Second Corinthians chapter nine. Pick it at verse six, down to verse nine and fifteen. Now I'm coming back to what that whole veil. But now look and look into the mirror. When these verses are read, tell me where you stand on these verses. Where you stand on after these verses are read. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, down to verse nine and fifteen. All right, we're going over to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter nine, verse six, down to nine and verse fifteen. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, read. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Verse 7. Every man according as he proposes in his mind, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For Yahweh loveth a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And Yahweh is able to make all grace abound. Towards you, that you always having having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Verse nine, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad; he hath given to the poor; his righteousness remaineth forever. Verse fifteen, thanks be unto Yahweh for his unspeakable gift. Right. I mean, you ain't got to have a bullhorn to do, to do your father's business. Go on about your business. You ain't got to do no, be up there no bullhorn behind it. He said, now be so sparely. He said, just look for to receive the blessing of your father's family. I mean, you want to you wanna put $2 in the, in the box? So look for what the man's saying. What your father's your best? Then your father said, hey, he's doing his best. I'm going to give him. A best. So it's up to you. You can continue to be the the one or two dollars, or come with the with with, with the the chain from the your regular bills uh, at the grocery store. You put it in a little crown oil bottle and shake it all up, make all that noise with it, and pour it into the box. 
It's up to you. You can do it the way you want to do it. But it tell you when you do it that way, what you got coming that way. That's all I'm telling you. If you step it up, he step it up. That's up to you. He said, I can do better. He said out his mouth, I can do better with that. Well, your mouth is talking. We'll watch your actions. Go middle one thing. Land, school, banquet hall, radio station. All that got to, got to see it. Got to, they don't see it by you just pouring, pouring your, your jingles into that box. Huh? You want the blessing of Yahweh? He don't told you. The way you do, that's what you got coming. Now read that verse again, because see, Yahweh kicks in in verse 8. Look what he said in verse 8. The book of Second Corinthians, chapter 9. Verse 8, verse 8 reads, And Yahweh is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Mm-hmm. Remember, Paul was raised from the womb to tell you these days. Paul was raised from the womb. Yes, it's, it's always a precept. Catholic Church, New York. Yes, precept to that. Uh, give me six, one, two, three, four on Matthew. For the Catholic Church out of New York, a precept. We'll give you we'll, we'll, a big Timothy Dolan's church. We'll give you a precept. In the sixth chapter, one, two, three, four. Okay, here's my precept. Matthew six, one, two, three, four. The book of Matthew, chapter six, verse one, two, three, four, verse one, read. Take heed that you do not your arm before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Verse 2. Therefore, when you do it, thy arm, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the temple and in the streets, that they may have Glory of men. Truly I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 3. But when you do um, let not your left hand know what your right hand do. Verse 4. That your arms may be in secret, and your father which is in secret, himself shall reward you openly. You see that? He said, you ain't, you, ain't, you, you ain't got to sound what you're doing, just do what you got to do. Because Yahweh be watching what you do, put the spirit on you to do it, tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then, you, then you are expecting a blessing because he said he's going to do it. And one thing about it, you can't find no lie in it. Matter of fact, uh, let's precept that to 210 of Sirach. Get a precept on that. Sirach so 210, then we get back to um, Thomas Dexter. Going to the book of Sirach, chapter 2. Let me go pick it up at verse number 10. The book of Sirach, chapter 2, verse 10 reads, Look at the generations of old, and see the error any trust in Yahweh and was confounded? Or did any abide in his fear and was forsaken? 
or whom did he ever despise that called upon him? Yeah. He's a the record. Show me anywhere when you got him right, he didn't get you right. He's talking what record that we can read that when you look when you that you made a decision according to my Bible you fucked up. Show me in what generation was it? When you made a decision, it was according to the Bible. No, I didn't forget about those Leviticus. Leviticus about that was that was taking us into putting stuff in your hair. You know, I, I didn't forget about that. But you know, you're gonna get covered so much in the setting. I want. I want to. I, I tell you what. I talk about that tomorrow. Oh, Latter Day Saints. Tomorrow, I talk about Leviticus. Talking about when you um, remove the natural look of what Yahweh gave you in your head from another way, we'll tell you about that tomorrow. Remind me of that tomorrow, okay? But right now, I want to, I want to get on Thomas uh, Thomas Dexter, you know, on what he said about it ain't about color, it's about covenant. You're right. Well, let's investigate that. Let's go to the Book of Jubilee for a minute. Let's um. Let's get busy for a minute there, young lion. We're going to book of Jubilees. We're going to book of Jubilees. And we're going on page 57 and pick up at verse 22. Jubilees chapter 12, verse 22. And let's find out what he's saying. He says, okay. he, he said, we not, he not, and he, uh, he don't say it, but simply he from the Nebo tribe. And that's from the Hebrew tribe, and Hebrew tribe from evil tribe. Evil tribe is from, I mean, we keep crossing that word all the way up. He from, we wanted the Israelite tribe. You know, mm-hmm. but he don't, he don't got it all out of order anyway. So. But we're going to page 57. Jubilees 12, pick up verse 22. Let's read a little bit. Welcome to the book of Jubilees. Chapter 12, picking up at verse 22. Verse 22 reads, And he made an end of speaking and praying. And behold, the word of Yahweh was sent to him through me, saying, Get thee up from thy country and from thy kindred and from the family of your father unto a land which I shall show you. And I shall make you and I shall make you a great and numerous nation. 23. And I shall bless you, and I shall make your name great, and you will be blessed in the earth, and in you will all families of the earth be blessed. And I shall bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse you. 24. And I shall be a Yahweh to you and your son, and your and to thy son's son, and to all your seed. Fear not. From henceforth and unto all generations of the earth, I am your Yahweh. Forty-five. And the Yahweh said, "Open his mouth and his ears." That he may hear and speak with his mouth, with his with the language which has been revealed. 
For it had ceased from the mouths of all the children of men from the day of the overthrow of Babel. 26. And I opened his mouth and his ears and his lips, and I began to speak with him in Semitic, in Hebrew, the Semitic, in the tongue of the creation. Stop it there. Stop it there. See that? That's it. So now you see what he did? He said, listen, he straight, he straight up his tongue. He gave him the tongue of the creation that he had gave to Adam. He gave him the Semitic tongue. So Abraham had the Semitic tongue. They lost it in the 11th chapter. All them lost their tongue in the 11th chapter. Yahweh revealed back the pure Semitic language to Abraham. And you know Abraham had a son after that. So you remember, if Abraham had the pure tongue, which is Semitic, you know he taught it to his son, right? Right. So, but the tongue of Semitic do not have no Lord God Jesus, the Jew, the Gentile in it. It's no Lord God Jesus, Jew, or Gentile in the Semitic. No such word, Lord God Jesus, Jew, Gentile. It's not in the original tongue. See? So that's, you should get suspicious behind that. So he, he going to get his mouth back right. But we're not going to get on that. We're going to get on the part that now the covenant, and he, he straightened his tongue out from the speak, the pure Semitic language, that's with no vowel. So he had no problem calling by the four letter Y-H-W-H. Like the young lion brought out earlier, you've been manipulated when you use him, Lord God and Jesus, for Y-H-W-H, because Abram was given the original tongue, and he told him, on, bless you, Abraham, Abram, and you and your seed, seed after thee. Mm-hmm. Now, you hear that? Good. Now, let's find out what happened. Next, Abraham had the blessing. Go to Genesis 28. And what did April? And what happened next? And do and Genesis 28. Now let's go to one, two, three first. Twelve, one, two, and three. Let's get it out of the Bible. Although that was the Bible too. But let's get it out of the Bible. The same thing in Jubilees is written in the 12th chapter, one, two, three of Genesis. What is written in 12, one, two, three? All right. We're going over to the Book of Genesis. We want chapter 12. We want verse 1, 2, and verse number 3. The book of Genesis. That's 12. Verse 1, 2, and 3. Verse 1 reads, Now the Yahweh has said unto Abel, Get thy out of your country, and from your kindred, and from your father's house, unto a land that I will show them. I will show thee. I will show thee. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in, the, in, in thee 
Should all families of the earth be blessed. Mm-hmm. Precept that to the right side of the Bible. Acts 3, 25 and 26. Just precept that. He said, indeed, all the families on the earth are going to be blessed. So far, it sounds like, he, I mean, you know, through Christianity, he's talking about everybody. But have you noticed one word that's been absent? We ain't heard it yet. The Jew or Jewish. We heard nothing about the Jew yet or Jewish. I wonder. But today we putting sack full of money, getting to the Jew in Israel and Jewish because they said if you bless the Jewish peoples, the Jew, he will bless you. I ain't read I ain't read the name Jew or Gentile Jew or Jewish yet. But let's find out more about the question. See, now whoever these people is, this way you probably putting putting your money into to receive the blessing of Yahweh. Let's see where the name Jew or, or Jewish come up. Let's go to Acts 3, 25 and 26. Book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 25, verse 26, verse 25 reads, You are the children of the seer and of the covenant, which Yahweh made with our father, standing to Abraham. And in your seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Verse 26, until you first, Yahweh, the Father, having raised up his son, Yahweh the Son, sent him to be blessed, sent him to bless you, and turning away every one of you from his sin. Wait a minute. That big talk there, young man. What was said, National listen to verse 25. He just identified who the children of Israel genetically bloodline to in verse 25. Listen to what he's saying in 325. Listen good. 325. The book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 25. 25 reads, You are the children of the seer. And of the covenant which Yahweh the Father made with our Father, saying unto Abraham, and in your seed shall all the kings of the earth be blessed. Oh, you are the children of the seer with the promise he made with Abraham through Abraham thy father through you. So that that all nation is the all nation of Israel. It's not the all the nation of the world, uh, lost sheep of the family of Israel. He's talking about Israelites, every nation. He said, you are the children of the seers. Now we're going to precept that to 38, 1, and 17, and see, and then Amos 2, 11. And this is silver deal. Remember one thing. You remember the other part of the lesson was based on 15, verse 8, that we got to take care of Thomas Dexter. Can you give me that judge of 15, verse 8 again? How are we going to take care of Thomas Dexter? Um, What's his name? Dex. We got to put a judge of 15, 8 on him. What they say again? Okay, going back over to the book of Judges, chapter 15, 
And we're going to pick it up at verse number 8. Book of Judges, chapter 15, verse 8. Verse 8 reads, And he smote them, hip inside, with a great flock. And he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, young man. Give me no. You, I, I, I didn't hear my um. I didn't hear two emphasized words in in Judges fifteen verse eight. Now give me the words I need. Now give me what I need if I can get at it. The book of Judges chapter fifteen verse eight. Verse eight reads, and he smote them hip and thigh with a great flock. Hip and thigh. He went. That's it. That's what I want. All I want is uh, that's how we got to deal with these. You know when you when you throw some stuff on the table, we gonna be we gonna come at your hip and thigh. We coming to smoke you, hip and thigh. Mm-hmm. The word of Yahweh, hip and thigh. You know, you know hey, you know next time you watch the, the animal kingdom, watch them little young lions when they jump out of the prey. I don't care how big that animal is. Don't you see it? They get on the back. They don't start biting on their back. They trying to get up under the neck. They trying to get. They trying. To, if they know if they can get up on the neck, that's a hip and thigh move. That move will deaden you and stretch you out like a pole cat. See the lion jumps on your back and he roll all up on your neck. He let you be running down. Keep running. You be running. He hold on that neck and you get slower and slower until you fall out. <laughs> Cause he got that neck. And that's what we do. We 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 go we go at your neck. We go at your hip and thigh. Great slaughter we'll put on you. Three pages of the book. Now, that's enough dramatic. Now, okay. So now he said, you are the children of the seers. That's what he's talking about in Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3. Now, let's find out about these seers in the 38th chapter, verse 1 and 17. And Amos two eleven. See, see, listen. Then Amos three one and two. See, this is how you go for the hip and thigh. You gonna put a hip and thigh on on Thomas Dexter? Then you gotta put some buck on him. He don't, he don't want to step out there, but he can hold up. Thirty eight verse one. Skip down to verse seventeen. Then go to Amos chapter two eleven. Then three one two and seven. Come on. All right. We're going out. That's Isaiah 38. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 38, 1 and 17. Just giving up. Just get, get me warmed up in it. Let's see who's right. talking. And what did he say? The book of Ezekiel, chapter 38. Picking up at verse 1, down to 17. Picking up at verse 1. The book of Ezekiel, chapter Not 1 and 17. Hold on, young mm-hmm. line. Hold on, yeah, young man. So. I want one, then skip down to verse 17. All right. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 38, verse 1 and 17. Verse 1 reads, And the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, verse 17. Saying what in 17? Are you he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the seers of Israel, which prophesied the of who? Wait, hold, hold, hold on, there, young man. Hold on, hold on. All I want is the message. So when Yahweh spoke of old times, he spoke to the seers of who? 
It's not talking about the world. Ain't talking about the Jewish people, send them no blessing. It's talking about the children of Israel. You know one over there in Amos 9, 7 that look like the Ethiopian, the Cushites, black peoples? That's what it's all about. Why, what will happen to us? Matter of fact, can I, can I get that in Galatians 3, 1? I want to know one thing. What happened? Galatians 3.1. Can I get Galatians 3.1 there, young lad? We're going over there to the book of Galatians. We're going to chapter 3. We're going to pick it up at verse number 1. The book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse number 1. Verse 1 reads, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Yahweh the Son hath then evidently set forth, crucified among you. You see what he's saying? He has the question, who be with you to think that them statues you got over there in the Vatican City, pale red, have anything to do with this battle? That is a bewitch sign. The ones in Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3 is talking about the children of Israel. You are the sons and daughters of the seers when you precept your Bible. 2.11 says, I, I, made, I raised up your sons to be seers, O you children of, of Israel. Then Amos 3, 1 and 2 and 7 says what, young lion? The book of Amos. Going over to the book of Amos. Chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 and 7. Verse 1 reads, Hear this word that the Yahweh has spoken against you, children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, verse 2, You only have I known of all the families of the earth, therefore I will punish you for all your sins. Verse you see, seven. see the man's hand? Verse 7. Mm-hmm. Verse 7. Surely the Yahweh, Yahweh would do nothing, but he revealed his secret unto his servants, the seers. You know, soon later, soon later, I don't know where you're going to be in a way. You might be driving. You might be flying an airplane. It's going to dawn on you. A seer is in the midst of thee. I don't know where you might be, but sooner or later you're going you to get the connection. It's going to hit all at once. Oh, my goodness. It's a seer in the midst of us. Opening up the scriptures. Showing you that when you read Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3, it ain't got nothing to do with the Jews or the Jewish peoples or the Hebrew peoples. It got something to do with the children of Israel. You see that? Now we're going back to Numbers 24. You remember, if you bless the children of Israel, they're going to bless you. That's what we read. Now we're going to precept that back to Numbers 24, verse 4, 5, and 9. Let's see if we get a precept memo. I'm going to vacate you on the TV. Big uh, Hagee, all them big ones. If you bless the Jewish people's and get your money together, pastors, then God's going to bless you. 
They ain't got nothing to do with no Jewish people. They ain't got nothing to do with no uh, uh, Jews. They ain't got nothing to do with no Hebrews. That message is for the children of Israel. The 12 tribes are scattered. What does it say that we can read? Numbers 24, verse 4, 5, and 9. Listen good. 4, 5, and 9. Book of Numbers, chapter 24. Verse 4, 5, and 9. The book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 4 reads, He has said, which heard the words of Yahweh, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. Verse 5. How goodly are thy tents, O Israel, and have in your temple, O Israel. Verse number nine. Verse number nine. He crouched, he laid down as a lion, and as a great lion. Who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesses you, and cursed is he that curses you. Ain't that something? You mean what you read over there in Trail 1 and 2? It's talking about the who, according to verse 9. You mean we, and you ain't read nothing in there saying about no Jew or Jewish people or Hebrews. You mean, according to Numbers 24, verse 4, 5, and 9, that blessing is talking about who, young line, take your time and expound on what's going on in 24, verse 4, 5, and 9. So who you got to bless? to get your blessing from him because he said if you don't do it, he's going to curse you. Sooner or later, you're going to get your curse. So you mean when I read the 12th chapter of Genesis, 1, 2, and 3, and this is all the big dignitaries read. If you bless the Jewish peoples in, in Israel, then he will bless you. There are pastors all over the world, all the Christian pastors, putting their money together to bless the Jewish peoples in Israel, and that ain't got nothing to do with the, no Jewish people in Israel. It got something to do with the children of Israel, according to number 24, 5, and 9. Expound the young line. Take your time. Come on. All right. The book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 4, 5, and 9. Verse 4, read. He has said, which heard the words of Yahweh. We saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, having his eyes open. Verse number five. How goodly are thy tents, O Israel, in your temple, O Israel. Verse nine. He crouched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion. Who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesses you, and cursed is he. That curses you. According to we just got done reading in Numbers 24, verse 4, 5, and 6, he has blessed the children of Israel. And anyone that blessed Israel, Yahweh would bless, his, would bless them if they bless the children of Israel. But anyone that tried to put a curse on the children of Israel, Yahweh will curse them. So 
It's best to be well, the children of Israel. Yeah, well, well that's, a, that's a twofold. According to Numbers, since you said that, he made it plain that uh, they can say what they want to say and about that. But in Numbers, what Numbers are we in? The 24th chapter, right? But he mm-hmm. said something behind that. So he said something behind that because don't think that that can happen because Yahweh says this in Numbers. He makes a statement in Numbers that we can read there, young line. He says something all Israel got to do in verse 23. Number 23, verse 23. Listen to this. The book of Numbers. The book of Numbers. Chapter 23. Pick it up at verse 23. Verse 23 reads. And Balak said unto Balaam. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Yaman. Hold on. Look at 23, 23, real good in numbers. Look at it real carefully. Oh, that's 25. The book of Numbers, 23, verse 23. 23 reads, Surely there is no enchantment against Israel. Neither is there any divination against Israel. According to all this time, it shall be said of Israel and of Israel. What has Yahweh wrought? So he's saying, no, no, you can't do it. He said, if you, can, if you keep the laws of Yahweh, can't nobody put no Ouija board up under you. It's no definition. Is it? Can't nobody, can't nobody sit home like they do to see it right now and make up a little doll and, and stick pins in it and, you know, send, send pins, got a little doll, and they say, look here, see, this this me. I'm holding your neck and sticking you with these pins. No, that don't work. There's no divination, no enchantment when you keeping the law of Yahweh. If you got your Yahweh right, he said no divination, no enchantment. Can't nobody be moaning about, oh, I hope it's uh, those, that old tricky Negro out or something, you know, all that. No, 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 don't nothing work if you got your Yahweh right. You can't even... They can't even kill you, and Yahweh can get you back up. That don't even work. When you got your mighty one right, he he tells everything that is affecting you, go somewhere and, and find somewhere else to go. And we'll read that in the mall in the book of Matthew. Remind me about that verse. So we got two things to remind me about. He, he will take care of Elvis in your body. You got a problem in your body? If you get him right, he can tell the problem in your body. Hey, 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 go find, go find you something else to do. Just like that. You remember Lazarus in the 11th chapter? He was dead four days. Satan talked about he had him. I had him down. In Nicodemus 15, I had him down. I had him stank in. I had him wrapped up. I had him down. And Yahweh, but, but Yahweh said something, and he gave a shake, and uh, the next you know he come running up out of that. See, you can't hold Yahweh down when Yahweh got his hand on you. Yahweh is the one that starts an ailment on your body, and he's the end of ailments on your body. If you got an ailment on your body, go see Yahweh, but make sure you keep in the law. Then ask him something. What do you mean, well, I can read that at WCC? Give me uh, 322 for a minute, young lion. Give me 
verse John 3.22. It's written. The whole thing is about one thing. You got ailments in your body? Then look what he says in First John 3.22. What he said that we can read. All right. We're swinging over there to the back of the book. We want First John. On chapter 3, and we want verse 22. Verse 22 reads. Receive, and verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his laws, and do those things that are pleasant in, in his sight. You see that? Whatsoever you ask, if you keep in his law, he can tell any ailments on your body. Yeah, go find you some business. Just like that. Your doc cook become big. What happened? What you mean what happened? When 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 y'all listen, let me give a precept on that. Let's go to Exodus twenty three. Exodus twenty three. See our problem is one thing. Yak wow, he's in the he's he's a he he's a snatching grab man. Look what he got written in, in the Exodus chapter twenty three, verse twenty five. This man's a snatching grab man. Exodus 23, picking up verse 25, what it say? Okay, going to the book of Exodus, chapter 23, and picking it up at verse, okay, verse, let's see, what we want, verse 5 or 25? 25. Verse 25 reads, and you shall serve the Yahweh, your Yahweh, and you shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take it. Away from the midst of them. He, no, he, he gonna do what? He said, if you get it right, he gonna do what? He said, what, what I will take away, away take from away. the midst of them. You remember? You remember back in the day when you go when you went out, uh, thank, uh, uh, Halloween, and somebody come snap your bag and take your bag from your run. That what Yakwa said he'll do if you got him right. You got an ailment on you. Yahweh said, I'm in the business. I can take it away from your body. I got the power to do that. Take it away. Not moan and groan about it. I can take it away. Is that the word he used there? Hallelujah. Well, go to go to seven chapter Deuteronomy, verse 15. 715. See, is in a snack and grab business. You got to get this man right. You don't know when this man gonna take you out. You gotta give it all you got, every can's out. You gotta be a seven he's, in seven verse six we're not reading in Saint John, he said, I know my time, that's what he said. But your time is always I might kill you now. But how, if he kill you now, is is you is you got the law right? Or you started thumbing around with it, trying to figure out what's going on. Better get in this book. And whoever's standing for you, they can come out this book or hold back your bread. Hold back and hold back auntie's bread, too. Deuteronomy 7, verse 15. Look at Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 15. Verse 15 reads, And the Yahweh will take away from thee all sickness, all sickness, and will put none of the evil disease of Egypt, which you knowest upon you, 
but will lay them upon all men that hate you. He, 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 he going to do what in that first line, verse 15? When it comes down to sickness and illness, what Yahweh what got the power to do? Take away all sickness. All sickness. Yahweh got the power to take away all sickness. All sickness. Yeah, huh? He got the power to do so. Believe him. He can take away sickness from you. Doctor can tell you you ain't got for well, uh, you ain't got for six months to go. Yeah, but Yahweh said I can take away sickness and give him six months to go. <laughs> Forty years. No. Who are you gonna believe? Let's go back and get one more in that young line. We'll get back. We'll get back some more on this. Let's come back and find out. We know Abraham got it. Now you know the people trying to turn of Israel and what he do with it in the twenty-eight chapters. Of Genesis, verse 1, 6, 10 through 15, we'll shut it down, and we'll come back on this again tomorrow. Remember, tomorrow at 6 o'clock, back on our way. See, listen, we're going to hip and thigh Thomas uh, T.D. Jakes. We're going we gonna to hip and thigh him tomorrow. We forgot what he said. Just can't do it all in one sentence. We're going to do it tomorrow. We're going to where we're going. Genesis 28, verse 1, 6, 10 through 15. And we'll close out with that, young line. And we'll come back on again tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Now, um, Sister BSJ, Israel, now when are you ready now? Put your hand up. Say, look, I'm ready. You ready to hide that microphone yet? Let us know. It's time for you hiding that microphone. Huh? Got it? Good. What you reading? Genesis 28, 1, 6, 10 through 15. Close the statement, young line. Come on. Book of Genesis, chapter 28, verse 1, 6, 10 down to verse 15. Verse 1 reads, And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, You shall not take a wife of the daughters of Cain. Verse 6. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take him a wife from there. And that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge saying, You should not take a wife of the daughter of Cain. Hold that point. Hold that point. So Esau and his five sons called Translate day after white man and white woman. So you get the blessing. They eyeball to eyeball, you getting the blessing from Isaac. They saw Jacob, which is the 12 tribes of Israel that scattered. Esau and his five sons translate the day after white man and white woman. So you getting the blessing. And verse 6. Skip down 10 through 15 in closing statement. All right, the book of Genesis, chapter 28, verse 10 reads, And Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went towards Haran, verse 11. And he, and he lighted up upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that, of that place and put them for his pillow. 
and lay down in that place to sleep. Twelve. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the port and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of Yahweh ascended and ascended and descending on it. Verse thirteen. And behold, the Yahweh stood above it and said, "I am the Yahweh, Yahweh." Of Abraham, your father, and the Yahweh of Isaac, your father, and the Yahweh of Isaac, the land whereon you liest, to you will I give it into your seed. Verse 14. And your seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in the land. And in you and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 15. And behold, I am with you and will keep you in all places whether you go and go and will bring you now into this, into this, into this land. For I will not leave you until I have done that which I and that which I have spoken to you of. <clears throat> you sound to that real good. But the bottom line is this. I heard nothing about no Jew, nothing about no Gentile, nothing about no um, Hebrew, no Jewish. That is all folly from Satan the devil. That 12th chapter 1, 2, 3 is about the children of Israel only people. We'll get on again tomorrow. Thomas Dexter, we're going to take care of you tomorrow through the scripture. Young Lion, close it out. All yours. Catch you tomorrow at 6 o'clock. So long to everybody. Come on, Young Lion. Take us home. Thank you, Yahweh, for another blessed day to read his word. Thank you, Yahweh, for the opportunity in life to meet Sid's where Sid Roy. Thank you, Yahweh, for my wife and children to teach them the word of Yahweh. Thank you, Yahweh, for the elders. And the mothers, and thank you, Yahweh, for all the brothers and sisters in the Sixth Anointed Council and the teachers. We also also want to thank Yahweh for strengthening the mothers and the elders day by day. Stay strong. I want to read uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 20, verse 1. Read, Did Yahweh hear you in the day of trouble? The name of the Yahweh of Israel defend you. Two, send you help from the temple and strengthen you out of Yadah too. Verse 3, remember all the offerings and accept your burnt uh, sacrifices. Verse 4, grant you according to your own mind and fulfill all your counsel. Verse 5, we will rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our Yahweh, we will set up our banners. The Yahweh fulfill all your petitions. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. she was commissioned to paint a significant work of art that depicted Jesus Christ and his twelve apostles. She was commissioned to paint a significant work. In fourth.
This was a time when the world was a vastly different place. This painting has had a brainwashing impact on the world and become a significant tool used in colonialism till this day. In fact, many black people around the world continue to hold on to the original painting of the Last Supper. History unveiled that Leonardo da Vinci used his uncle to pose as Jesus Christ. Twelve criminals from a local jail were used as models for the twelve apostles. This decision to use criminals as models is not uncommon. The image of the Last Supper became a tool used by colonial powers.